Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Your opponent tonight is from Stevenson, Scotland. No way! And his name is Grado. Oh my God! It's happening! 12 months ago to the day, I never thought I'd get a set, but you can hear the ICW fans. Sing it loud, sing it proud. F*** you, Madonna. It's great. If you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best, be it in the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. Hi, I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Our VIP on the island today is the first to charter a flight here from Scotland. He's an actor, a stand-up comedian, and, of course... He's the finest wrestler to fight out of the tap end of Stevenson. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished island guests, say it loud and say it proud. This is Grado. Ravy Davy, I hear you running your gub, telling everybody that Grado's fit for you. I tell you, I'm fit for nobody. I've wanted to bust you running for years. I've got a goose leg. That's why I'm here in the dojo. That's why I'm here at the asylum, trying to get the leg back in order so I can stick it up your hoop. I'm coming for you. It's yourself. Before we started recording, Grado, I've seen a drink named after you. Can you tell me what's in a Grado bomb? Oh, do not touch a Grado bomb. And <laughs> you want to be flowed and in your bed within an hour of taking one. I saw people on Twitter drinking one. Usually they end up in the bog spewing their ringer because I'm sure there's buckfast in it, there's vodka. There could be iron brew in there as well. It sounds absolutely disgusting, but as I say, I get, I get tweeted now and again when people take one, they take a Grado bomb, and then I take it the other night, either goes one of the best nights of their life, or they end up in jail. I'm a Jack Daniels guy. I like Jack Daniels, and I've always got to have Diet Coke. It's just because I don't like the taste of normal cola. Blech, it gives me, I hate it. And there needs to be ice. I always crack this joke. My pals always get embarrassed with me, but anytime we go in a bar and I ask for a drink, and the people tell me, the barmaids tell me that there's no ice, I always say, well, do you want the recipe? And my, and my pals always go, that is no funny at all. 
<laughs> Actually, I want to dip more into Good Nights Out with Grado in a little bit because you're doing you're doing a lot of stand-up stuff at the moment, aren't you? Well, basically, I mean, I'm kept going with my, my podcast, Football Daft Podcast. It's doing well in the ratings um, in terms of sports. So I go in there and I talk a lot of shape for a couple of weeks. And... An exclusive wrestling daft will be starting soon. I've not actually told that in any other interview. Well, I'll tell a lie. I told it in another interview last week. And uh, that's going to be the contracts have been signed with another uh, guy that's on the TV in Scotland up here. And we're going to be talking about wrestling every week. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. We'll see how it goes. So that's coming up soon. So, aye, so I've been thinking about that. And uh, I do stand up now and again. As I say, I've done a show at the King's Theatre in Glasgow in 2016, I'd done two nights there, and uh, that was total stand-up, and they were one of the best two nights of my life. It was two packed-out crowds, spoke about wrestling, spoke about everything, it was good. The only problem was that really killed my, my, my TNA run, because, <laughs> if there ever was one, because um, I had, uh, basically, on the Thursday, um, uh, that basically, on the Thursday night, was my first night of the stand-up, the Wednesday night, I'd done a live ladder match with Eli Drake on Impact and had to come straight from Universal Studios to get a plane, to jump on a plane, and then go and do my stand-up show. However, obviously TNA at that time were taping four or five weeks of TV day after day, so I had to go home. So basically, I won this, this ladder match, I got a contract, and then basically, because I missed it because of my stand-up show, but that's what happens. That's what always happens. Timing is everything. But, Tom, everything happens for a reason. But did you enjoy your time in TNA? I loved it, man. I absolutely loved it. As I say, when I first got there, it, it, don't get me wrong, as soon as I joined, everything started to go tits up. The low spike, the more Joe left. Uh, Kurt Angle made it lasted a couple of months. I basically ran everybody out of town. One of my favourite matches from your run in TNA, you had a match with Spud where you... You seem to reenact every WrestleMania finish. Yeah, we basically absolutely buried the business in this match. I remember telling, I remember asking for everybody's advice backstage, and they were like, "You guys are going to fail the business." But you know what? I loved it. We done the rock bottom. We done choke slams, people's elbows. We done the "I'm sorry, I love you." Ric Flair HBK spot, and the Pope is is doing commentary, in it and, you can, and he is shoot pissing himself. Spot looking for a choke slam, perhaps. And he hit it! He hit the choke slam as What? Spud with the cover! And Grado kicks out at two. What a classic moment! Well, in instances like this, I'm gonna do what any pro wrestling broadcaster would do. I'm gonna steal lines from JR. By God, this is a slobber knocker! Grado is stopping a mud hole! He's gonna walk it dry! Rockstar with a stutter! Stutter! Rockstar with a stutter! 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 It was done wonders for Bud's career. Look at me, he's the most over thing in the WWE. <laughs> you know what? I know the, the setup for this show is three matches that you could take in the desert island. One of them, and I did really consider, was Chris Sprouse versus Cage Tyler from way back because, Tom, you've done the commentary for that, and I, and I now and again, whenever I'm feeling down, I put that on. That is one of the... If you guys, if you're listening, if you've never seen it, please type in Chris Brewers versus Case Tyler. It is one of the funniest, funniest, funniest wrestling matches, but your commentary makes it. It's the beginning, Wigan. Oh, bless you, mate. <laughs> Hardy, that's because he is a poor man, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> you've heard of the Thriller of Manila? This is the beginning, Wigan. As you can see, held in somebody's living room. 
Both people that turned up said it was the greatest night of action they have ever seen. Oh my god! The clothesline from Hull! The clothesline from Hull! It's over now! Cage Tyler's neck may be shattered! Not just broken, but shattered! Clothesline from Hull is a, is a move that, that stays close to my heart every day. Oh, oh, mate, I swear to God. I remember meeting you and marking it like fucking going, Oh my God! It's you, it's yourself! <laughs> I'm grateful that, that Bigger and Wigan has a place in your heart, so it means the world to me. It really does. See, see how Cage Tyler right now, I was, I, I kind of like, um, I went to training with him in like in 2002. He tries to tell me that he made money out of that. Did he? Is he talking shit? If, if he did, I didn't get any of it. But hey, look, if, if that's what he thinks, or maybe if he did, then more power to him. Uh, I always uh, kind of hope that that we get like an anniversary show or something. I feel oh, like uh, I owe them. Just an absolute shit fest full of shit. That would be great. A Chris Brules, Cage Tyler rematch would honestly, that would sell. And by the way, a lot of the boys would love that as well. Biggin and Wigan too. I think it's time. Biggin and Wigan too. That would be amazing. But do you know what? That just shows you how far British wrestling's came. Because 10, 15 years ago, that was the deal. That, that, that was how British wrestling was. It was wrestling in these wee dingy uh, assembly halls with the depressing red curtains. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, for a while in the mid noughties it was an absolute disgrace, the British wrestling business. And it just shows you how far it's came with WWE UK, World of Sport, Jimmy Havoc going to EEW, do you know what I mean? It's just... Um, it just shows you how far we've came and how hard we've all worked. By the way, are you? do you want to burn one of your um, three matches as the Big and Wigan? Is that an honourable mention? It's an honourable mention. That's perfectly fine. So what is going to be your first match for your for your DVD that you're going to take onto the desert island with you? I think the first match I'm going to go for is The Rock versus Stone Cold. By the way, you need to tell me if anybody's ever mentioned these matches either, but Rock, Stone Cold for WrestleMania 17. ever said that on here before um by the way can i also ask this um so you ask these wrestlers of top three matches has any wrestlers ever mentioned their own because i heard a wee snippet of james storms and i'm thinking to myself is he fucking about his own match it was himself versus bobby Roode at bound for glory ah, fucking mark <laughs> <laughs> nah you know what? that's fucking funny i love james storm that's brilliant. I love it. 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 Well, I worked with him a few times. He's a great guy, but I need to take the piss out of him for that. Why Rock Austin from 17? Well, because I think it culminated like um, I was quite a late bloomer. I was quite. I was quite a late. I was quite a late bloomer with 
my, my virgin lips, as we call it up here, kissing a, a girl, and I was quite a late bloomer to wrestling as well, so I kind of got into wrestling, believe it or not, early 99, and so I kind of missed the whole Austin McMahon stuff, I got there in the middle of that, so my guy was always The Rock, as soon as I seen The Rock on TV, I thought, I want to be that guy, I want to be that guy, and you know what, when I think about it now, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm no far from it, you know what I mean? Well, you've got the you've got the uh, the the anybody that's in your entrance. You've got the pose with the bum bag. That's bum bag. basically Dwayne. Uh, he um, he been on the TV. I don't know the do TV. We have a, a a soap up here called River City. I was in eight episodes of that, and I'm pretty sure The Rock has never been on River City. So get it up him. He hasn't been on BBC Scotland at all, actually. Two fingers to you, The Rock. It was interesting time uh, wrestling in 1999, wasn't it? Because I was talking to somebody about this recently. Somebody in America was saying uh, we will kind of we had a, a scene sort of 99, 2000 as it, it was a weird place, and and they asked me what wrestling was like in the UK in 99, and I seem to remember it was sort of UK Undertaker and UK Rock doing the rounds. Yeah. I mean, my, my my first matches that I can remember going to was the fake Kane versus. Uh, fake X-Pac um, there was the fake rock which by the way one of the shows we went to the fake rock never turned up and it ended up in the paper everybody got their money back there was all these parents uh, moaning that the rock never turned up fuck knows who the rock was meant to be but <laughs> he certainly wasn't there but I, that's right at that time it was a lot of tribute shows you had um, there was Scotty Too Hotty tributes there was Taz tributes I mean it was uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. As a kid, I fucking loved it, but um, it j- again, it just shows you the signs of the times. We're not really. Um, we've kind of moved on for that. We've got our own scene now, but I that it was a really pretty real time. You say you were breaking in sort of around that time. Was was it very much on your mind that you could end up being a tribute act? I but I was probably closer going to be Rikishi before anybody else. Oh, Dilo Brown! You'd have been a good Dilo Brown. Gonna be a good deal, Brown. What made you get into wrestling at all? How my wrestling career started, it's amazing. Somebody pulled this up on YouTube, but do you remember the, the, the Alex Shane talk wrestling show that used to be on every Saturday night on Talk Sport? I used to phone up that every weekend. My grand would go off or not at the fucking phone bill. And somebody found the very first time that I ever phoned up and asked where their wrestling school was. Well, let's go to Graham. He's called the show from Ayrshire. Hi, Graham. You're on Talk Sport. Nikita, Alex Shane, and yeah. Tommy here. Um, it's about uh, the British wrestling scene. Um, when I, I listen to talk sport and you talk about Harrow High School and uh, FWA, and since I live in Scotland, it doesn't really come up to Scotland. The, the only real thing that, that does is BWF, which I went a couple of times and it's pretty disappointing. Mm, so, is that the uh, counterfeit shows or the fakes, and I think? Yeah, it's the ones that get kid on the Stone Cold and oh, Kane, God. which is pathetic. They're, they're actually getting sued at the moment, I heard. Yeah. But, um, Graham, go to www.alexshane.com and it will have a date of where I'm appearing on the date section, but also on the links page will be the website for Scottish Championship Wrestling and I'll tell you when their next show is. So that's for all our people up in Scotland. And, uh, yeah, and, and I'll be telling people more about that show closer to the time. That's incredible. The, the ground that you have covered in that time, is there something that you still want to do? Yep, I want to wrestle Jimmy Havoc in a death match. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know IPW UK invited me to come along to their show that I think their 15th anniversary and it just so happens this is going to be one of Jimmy Havoc's last UK matches so I am desperate for this match and I want to go to town 
so actually, I've always really I've had one singles match with Jimmy Havoc, but it was in it was in a sort of kind of tournament type gimmick, so it wasn't really a complete match. In fact, you know what actually happened? We wrestled, it was like a kind of round robin thing, right? And I got told I was winning the IPW UK All England title, right? And I'm standing there celebrating with a belt, going great. I hope I hope I get a good run with this. The next minute, Jimmy Havoc ran down the ring, hit me with his finish, pinned me one, two, three, and I went, what the f*** just happened? I didn't read the booking sheet. I thought I was winning it, and then that was me. It was a good thing that I never kicked out. He came down, hit me with the rainmaker, or whatever it is, pinned me, came backstage and went, oh, for f***'s sake, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I was winning clean, and then that was it. The Seven Oaks screw job. <laughs> I think it was the Seven Oaks screw job by the sound of it. Just a complete idiot and fucking totally missed it. Because at that point, I had never had a belt outside of Scotland and, and I was buzzing to put up on my Facebook and Twitter the new IPW UK All England champion. It lasted 30 seconds. So you actually get to right some wrongs against Jimmy Havoc then? Yes, so payback. Payback's coming, Jimmy. Okay, we need your second match for your DVD, sir. To finish up in the Rock Norton, the main thing about that was the build-up. My way promo package, who... Claims was done by David Sahadi, who, who, who I became good friends with in TNA, and he told me how he built it and how they got the rights to Lamp Biscuit. So that was always cool hearing those stories, but the atmosphere was electric, but it wasn't as big as the atmosphere of my second match, which is The Rock versus Hogan the following year, WrestleMania 18. This is a WrestleMania moment. for me was just oh, amazing because at that time I was a rock guy and uh, obviously I had only just seen videos of Hogan um, and I wasn't really a Hulkamaniac so I'm, I was rooting for the rock but the crowd turned on the rock and I'm sitting fucking you know in the middle of the night with my munchies and Doritos and muffins and eating everything I couldn't eat watching Wrestlemania but that match for me was just amazing in fact I actually held Shah Samuels and my ex-girlfriend hostage one night at 5am. We, we had a show the next day, but we were still up drinking. And I, and I more or less tied them to my three-piece suite and made them watch The Rock versus Hogan for that match because it's such a great match. The electricity, the crowd. The only thing is I wish Hogan came out to the, the red and yellow because I think the fans wanted that. The fans wanted the NW. They didn't want the NW horse shit. They wanted the, the red and yellow. But that match is just amazing in terms of the way they switched it about. They kind of worked it on the fly in terms of they didn't expect The Rock to get booed. They didn't expect the Hogan to get that to get that pop. And in fact, actually, once we finish this phone call, I am going to get into my jammies and watch it again. Quite a few people who have come on, they've picked sort of like big technical tour de forces, and it's not, and it's and, and it, with the greatest respect, it's not that, but it is an absolute masterclass in. Small, in sports entertainment. Absolutely. It's not full of moves. Uh, there's no much, you know, it's, it's not the most um, fast-paced. It's just wee, wee moments. 
and it's the, the crowd make it the the reactions to everything, even the facials. Hogan selling, the Rock selling, everything about it is just complete drama, and I love drama. And it's like everything rolled was was rolled into one for that match. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. match still to come from yourself we've mentioned it briefly football daft uh, which is yeah. which is something away from wrestling but if you if you are a wrestling and football fan this is an exciting hybrid isn't it i because i would say 90 percent of the time we talk a lot of shit and there's only 10 percent uh, really to do with football so even if you're not a football fan you can get you, you can get into it we have some great guests We've had some ex-football players who have great stories. It's not just about football. But as I say, coming in the corner is Wrestling Daft, um, which is going to be uh, recorded once a week. So if you're, on, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're into, if you're into my shit and you want to see more, then Wrestling Daft is coming soon. We don't know what we're doing in terms of why should a wrestling fan listen to this podcast rather than any other wrestling podcast. And I'm, I'm going to need to think long hard than that about that. But I'm really excited for it, and I've got a lot of hookups, a lot of guests. I'm friends with all the boys. Easy <laughs> phone numbers. Hopefully, we're going to have some good guests and a lot of fun along the way. Do you listen to any wrestling podcasts at the moment? For a while, because sometimes what can happen is you listen to the same past some podcast over and over. You end up getting fed up with it, and then if you leave it two months or so. Then you go back, and again, you get hooked again, and I like that. That's the beauty of it. So I swap it a bit. So, I mean, obviously, something to wrestle. I remember being in Orlando in 2017, and people were telling me, or oh, 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 the other fans were telling me at Comic-Con or WrestleCon, they were saying, oh, we're going to Bruce Pritchard's uh, podcast gig, it's sold out. And I'm thinking, what the f*** does everybody want to go and listen to that for? And then when I heard it, I love it. I love Big Conrad. Conrad is great. I love the connection they have. Obviously, the first podcast I ever listened to was Colts. Sad to see Cabanas, obviously, he's shutting his doors for the time being. 
Um, and Jericho's, I love listening to Jericho's. Jericho's is great as well. There's been quite a bit of sort of football wrestling crossover in your life lately because I saw that you you had the kit for Mary Hill FC on recently. That's right, because ICW have more or less taken over Mary Hill Football Club, which you can hear more about that. Mark Dallas, the ICW owner, he comes on Football Daft. And he explains how he basically came in to buy shirts for the teams for the season and then it led to one thing to the other. And the next minute, he's a fucking vice chairman. And ICW, a wrestling company, are now basically plastered across the home top for Mary Hill FC. So, and we've done, we, we done a charity game to raise money, which I put my hand up and I said, this is going to draw about 60, 70 punters. But it drew about 500, so it was good to, to, for everybody to come out and realise that there's a local team there and... Uh, so hopefully for the, the season coming, there will be fans that will turn up to, to these matches. Last week at ICW, I wrestled Ravy Davey and I got a guy called Shellsuit Bob. Now, Shellsuit Bob is kind of like Robbie Jackson for EastEnders. Basically, that version of him in Scotland is Shellsuit Bob. He came out to rescue me last week uh, against my, when my match with Ravy Davey. And he came out and he also does a boxing play, which is a, was based on Benny Lynch, who was a boxer from, from the 1930s who passed away at 33, and a lot of people, a lot of Scottish people were fans of Benny Lynch. So, Shellsuit Bob came out last week, and I swear to God, his strikes, he's punched his strikes, and he's and he got pushed off for every day, I'm telling you, his strikes and his selling was better than Halfkin roster. And that is because pantomime, we do pantomime together, and the similarities between pantomime and, and wrestling would blow your mind. It was the show I believe you put on last year where you put on a wrestling show in in a theatre. That's right. And we'll be doing that again. Here's a wee plug. October the 5th, Grado's Big Family Wrestling Bash Part 2. And what I was aiming at there is, is because, you know what, a lot of parents come to wrestling shows and they come with their families and their sons. And I think that a lot of companies forget that there's parents in the crowd who know nothing about wrestling, who don't really want to be there, who don't really want to sit next to people that they don't want to sit next to. They don't want to pay overpriced money for burgers. They don't want to be there at all. So you want to try and aim a wrestling show for everybody. For example, my big brother, he hates wrestling, but he loves ICW because there's something for everybody. So with my idea, I wanted to get, to make this a sort of panel slash wrestling extravaganza and that's what, what happened we kept the marches short and sweet we we didn't run these uh, you know storylines we didn't have factions we didn't have because some of these British wrestling companies they have these storylines where they think that people are what people are here like Monday Night Raw as if it's as if people are following the storylines when really they have no idea what's happening which makes in-ring promos and stuff like that very awkward cringy and embarrassing so you know we we, we else show we had we had the lights, we had fireworks. Uh, I got, I basically booked characters and turned them up to 11. So the lights are like Jack Jester, who comes out, you know, I had him coming out with another uh, female wrestler and she was quite gothy. Well, then they went 110% gothy. I got them to come out to uh, The Beautiful People by Marlon Manson and I had them wrestle big, sexy, yes, then Reese, who come out as a big baby face and Angel Hayes. And I had them come out to, like, I don't know, um... Avicii, do you know what I mean? Just to get the, just to get the crowd gone and the family's gone. You know, a bit sort of like Dixon's camp shows that set a lot more production value-wise. You know what I mean? That was bigger. And you know, me and Shah Samuels, we built a, a, a feud on that show for the very start. We had backstage segments. 
We had promos where he was in the Royal Box. I was in the Royal Box opposite. And there's this vision of me and him doing back and forth promos, you know, for, for one box in the theatre to the other. And it looks amazing, mate. And so basically, I'm just saying, I know there'll be a lot of wrestling fans listening to this, who, especially in Scotland, that will go to ICW. But if they want to take their families, they want to take their kids, cousins, grannies, give this a bash because it's kind of like it's kind of like old school Saturday night, Michael Barrymore, Jim J- Davidson generation game, stars in your eyes, that kind of Saturday night TV nineties feeling rolled into a wrestling show. I think that's why I think you were such a good fit when World of Sport was on TV recently. Aye. Because that really felt like old school Saturday wrestling. Although British wrestling is doing really well, it needs more characters, Tom. You know what I mean? Sometimes I see the interviews that some of the boys give and I think to myself, I feel as if I'm watching match of the day. You know what I mean? And it's a football player after a match and they're going, you know, we've done this, we've done that, it was a good match, blah, blah, blah. No, man, you want this and you want that. Come on. Give me a bit of character. Give me a bit of this, a bit of... Sorry for burping, that was my... Um... Do you know what I mean? About characters. Absolutely. With somebody, if they're clicking the channels, they see a fat guy in a leotard rubbing himself up against the ropes, Dusty Road style, against a big, massive 36 stone man called Crater. If you're switching channels and you land on that, you're going to go, what the f is this? Do you know what I mean? You're in the right place for this sort of discussion because we've had Mike Quackenbush and Solo Darling from Chikara on this very show yeah. as well. And and that promotion is built on guy. character. Mike Quackenbush is such an intelligent guy. I worked for Chikara one of the WrestleMania weekends a couple of years ago, and um, I, I had been informed that he gives like a pep talk before um, every show. And I'm telling you, the way he spoke to the to the boys, where would I sent chills up your spine the way he, he G'd everybody up. He's such an intelligent guy. And uh, so he was he the same as was he talking about characters like me? Yeah, he firmly believes that like that wrestling is at its best when it's as big as it can be, and it's creating those those stories with those larger than life personas. And and I and, and I'm well on board with that, which is which is why I'm glad that you you've worked with. Yeah, you want? Oh no, no, brilliant, brilliant. That's what I'll say. I was tell the boys, man, instead of going to Tenerife, go to Eleven Reef. <laughs> on this desert island so you're taking uh, you're burning a disc with three wrestling matches on but you're also allowed to take uh, a movie an album and a luxury item so let's start with your movie what movie are you taking Grado? oh probably titanic <laughs> <laughs> what why titanic draw me like one of your french girls <laughs> i will whilst you tell me why titanic i just love i love the the boat the boat is beautiful. Um, I love the graphics. I love the soundtrack. I love um, the villain. The villain is great, and I love his eyebrows. I love the part when the boat sinks, and I love the part when you see the two old buddies cuddling in because they know that in five minutes' time they're going to be drowning like fuck. It's beautiful. It's either that or a film called A Shot at Glory. Michael Keaton. And introducing Ali McCoist. They are all driven, stubborn, selfish, and as competitive as a pack of street dogs. Those are probably just the best traits. This is our shot at glory, lads. All right? All right? A shot at glory. Uh, a football movie based in Scotland, which was directed by Robert Duval, and the main actor was Ali McCoist, 
who was my footballing hero and I am in the background in one of the scenes in the crowd so that's probably one of the other options right okay I picked the Alan McCoy's one I shot at glory <laughs> brilliant uh, what about an album 36 Crazy Fist A Snowcat Romance people a lot of people don't see me as this but I, I was actually a metal guy growing up and I love this band called 36 Crazy Fist who are a band from Alaska I have 36 tattooed on my arm I followed them all over Europe and um, one time I was outside waiting like a mark um, to, to meet the band before they went in and, uh, and there is a song called Destroy the Map um, on that album and there's a guest singer, a vocal singer and I asked, I goes, you know you do that song you never play it live? I goes, can I sing it with you tonight? And they were like, yeah brother, let's do it. I sang one of my favourite songs of all time at the, the garage in Glasgow it's up on Facebook or YouTube Grado Sings with 36 Crazy Fist and that was the absolute high one of the highlights in my life How about a luxury item? So I'll give you some ideas of what other people have brought. Colt Cabana took a B-Day. Mate, that's funny. I love his B-Day. I love his B-Day. I fucking love it. I'm trying so hard to get one of them installed. Oh, my God. They clean your hoop out nice and proper. <laughs> James Storm heard Colt Cabana was taking a B-Day and decided to take toilet paper. Well, I'm going to bring baby wipes. I'm enjoying the fact that everybody is bringing stuff based around cleanliness of the arse. Yeah, something to clean my arse off. Okay, so we have one final wrestling match to burn onto your DVD, sir. So what is your third and final match? So when I get into wrestling in 99, in 2000, 2001, I started becoming big into stuff, being on message boards on the internet and following US independent wrestling. So uh, I feel as if I need to collate a match that um, like signifies how much I loved Tate trading and how much I loved um, the American indie scene and I feel as if I w I've got to pick because I was so obsessed with the time but I've got to pick Raven versus Jeff Jarrett at TNA uh, show number 44 or 45 um, March 2003 up against the corner and Raven gets a clean break from the champ. Think about their different styles. Exactly, Mike. just where I was going. Jeff, more of the traditional wrestler, and of course Raven, the hardcore, the brawler. So different, but yeah, I believe they're both going to be ready to do what it takes. What a great time to be a wrestling fan, because not long before or after Johnny and Jody and CZW, um, at the time, Raw and SmackDown was shite in 2003, and Raven and Jarrett had built up this big feud, and uh, Jarrett was sort of like Steve Austin, um, a TNA at the time. But you know what? I was rooting for Raven. Raven had just left WWF, where to the point he was wrestling on heat with trunks and coming out on with generic shitty music, and he came back and reinvented himself, and he was back to what he was like in WCW in 1998. And that match was full of drama. And when I hear stories now about it, I hear that. Uh, at Nashville, the fairgrounds where they found it. I mean, apparently the the queue to get in that night 
started early doors and they turned away like so many thousands of people because they'd built this this feud, this match. Uh, there was blood involved, there was tables, there was drama, there was run-ins, and there was sports entertainment, extreme sex, the faction at TNA. And I, at that time, when I was 14, I, Tom, I loved that shit. I loved it. So I would take that match because they had everything involved in it. The only thing is, and I pull up Double G, I put it to the new, Raven should have went over. They'd built that to the point where it seemed like Raven was... Because the, the whole thing was weeks... If I remember if I remember this correctly, weeks and weeks and running into it, it was Raven coming out saying, it's X amount of days until I become NWA champion. Like yeah, it was, and it was, was, He did it as a countdown, didn't he? Yeah, and I feel as if Raven should have won the belt that night, and he never did. That, for me, just as a, an American indie wrestling fan and a spotty fat teenager... Getting the tapes over because I always say I've said in a few interviews, I firmly believe that I was the first ever person in Scotland to see TNA because I had a wee guy that, that used to record it for me on a Wednesday and they sent it to me on the Thursday and I got it by Monday morning and this was before torrents, this was before everything else. So I saw that match on the Monday morning, so I believe I'm the first Scottish guy to have seen TNA and that's what I'm sticking by. <laughs> And it must have been nice then to have to have been able to say that you went and did stuff with them. Exactly, exactly. That's why I'm proud. I'm just a fat wee chancer for the top person <laughs> that managed to wrestle a cage match at Wembley, at, Wem- at Wembley Arena. So sometimes I need to remember that. Plug away. When can people? Where can people go? Where can people find you? What are you up to? Where are you next? Let's leave okay. that fresh in people's minds. Come and see me October the 5th at the Pavilion at my show. I'm going to be IPW, I think it's in September sometime, or October, I can't remember. Uh, I'm also playing Chappelle in Pinocchio at the Pavilion. Come and see me do that. That's amazing. Yeah, so this will be my fourth year in panel. I love it. Um, it's, it's again, there's so many similarities. Don't get me wrong, it is an absolute graft. I'm still singing about fucking Santa Claus on the 13th of January. At Grado Wrestling on Twitter, at Grado Wrestling on Instagram, and I don't know, just Grado on Facebook. <laughs> you were very kind earlier when you said that when you're feeling down, you put the Biggin and Wigan on. I should do. Uh, and I, just to re- return the favour, when I'm feeling down, I watch the Gradoberg entrance. Oh, a lot of people say that. He has become a phenomenon in the world of professional wrestling. What, what, what's going on here? What the hell is this?
that means a lot as well. That was great. And that was one of the ones where it was the night before, um, a wee friend on Facebook who does the um, Neil McDougall, he, um, I says, look, I need Goldberg translated into to like a prayer. And the way that is edited, mate, is spine tingling. And again, it nearly never happened. Very much like when I first used my Madonna, the CD never worked. So uh, things could have went a completely different direction if, if that never happened. But the Gradleberg entrance... I love it. I love it. And you, if you if you watch it back again, have a look at um, what do you call him? The governor, Martin Stone. He walks in sight and he shits himself and walks back. That's a that's a wee bonus if you've never seen it. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He absolutely does. Yeah, watch that back. But that I love that because you know what? That I think that just. It just summed up ICW, like, we just went for it, it's nice and raw, we just went for it, the cameras backstage, the the fans are, you know, you've got a couple of thousand people going off their tits to like a prayer, there is nothing better, and to me that was, is what wrestling is all about. And on that bombshell, uh, Grado, we love you, thank you for spending time with us on the island today. You're the man, Tom, thanks very much, I love you bits. 